Alam tara, do you not see anna Allah that indeed Allah yasjudu lahu it prostrates for him. Who prostrates for Allah? Man fi samawati whoever that is in the skies wa man fil ardi and whoever that is in the earth. Who is in the sky? The sky is what? The heavens above us, the sky is above us, meaning the creation that exists that is beyond us. We don't even know about it. We've never seen it, we've never reached there, we don't even know about their numbers. And manfis sama definitely it includes the angels. But what else is there besides the angels? Allahu Alam. Wama Yarlamu Junud Rabbik Illahu. None knows about the Junud, the armies of your Lord except for him. Only Allah knows how many there are. But one thing is for sure, that whoever that is in the skies, وَمَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ And whoever that is in the earth, everything, what does it do? It prostrates to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who is in the earth? Who is on the earth? Human beings, people. But besides the people, who else is there? Animals, birds, insects, fish in the oceans, in the seas. And man fil samawat, man fil ard, it includes the entire creation basically. Whether it is living or non-living. Whether it is moving or it is stationary. Whether it is doing something or it's not doing something. Every single creature, visible or invisible, known to us or unknown to us, it is in the state of prostration to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, judu lahu. Now human beings, angels, when they prostrate, understandable. But what about, for instance, the clouds? Or for example, the trees? Or for example, animals? What does it mean by their prostration? Yes, judu. What is their sujud? What is their act of prostration? Their act of surrender and submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is their obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is further clarified. وَالشَّمْسُ وَالْقَمْرِ And the sun and the moon. Because what do we learn about the sun and the moon? That كُلٌّ فِي فَلَكٍ يَسْبَحُونَ Each is flowing in its particular orbit. Meaning each is going on the path that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set for that creation. Each is running its course in obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in surrender, in submission to Allah. So the sun and the moon also prostrate to Allah. How do they prostrate? Allahu a'lam. But they do prostrate. In a hadith we learned that when the sun sets, it actually prostrates to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, seeking Allah's permission to rise up again. Now you may wonder, but the sun is in its place, and the earth is the one that is rotating and going about the sun. So the sun doesn't go anywhere, and it doesn't rise because it's moving from its place. What does it mean by this? Allahu alam. But what does this ayah teach us? That everything, every creature is in submission, in surrender, in prostration to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a universal principle. This is a universal law. Every creature submits. Wal-nujum and the stars, plural of najm. Wal-jibal and the mountains. Jibal is a plural of jabal. Now if you think about it, stars, okay, they move. Right? But when it comes to the mountains, they're standing in one place. They don't move. And when they move, we know what happens. Big earthquakes. So remember that prostration over here doesn't mean necessarily you know, moving into the position of prostration. 
Alright? Like we do. So for instance, as human beings, we're in standing position, sitting position, and when we go into prostration, we go into that physical position. There is a physical movement. But for every creature, this is not necessary. وَالشَّجَرُ And the trees. وَالدَّوَاب Dawab is the plural of دَابَّ And what is دَابَّ? Moving creature. Alright? Meaning a creature that moves by its own will. It has the ability to move from one place to the other. You see, generally when we think about living creatures, what do we think? Living creatures are those that... What's the definition? How do you understand a living creature? Okay, they breathe. What else? They grow. Hmm? But over here, Dabba is not just living creature. What is Dabba? Moving creature. Meaning a creature that can move by its own will. So for instance, when it comes to coral, right? is it a living organism? It is, right? However, is it a Dabba? No. What is a Dabba? That which moves by its own will. So, what dawab and the moving creatures also. وَكَثِيرٌ مِنَ النَّاسِ And many among the people. Notice, it hasn't been said, nas. Rather, what has been said is, وَكَثِيرٌ مِنَ النَّاسِ Because all people do not prostrate to Allah. All trees do, all stars do, all moving creatures do, but when it comes to human beings, no. All of them do not prostrate to Allah. Many do, but many don't. وَكَثِيرٌ and many حَقَّ It is incumbent, meaning it is justified, it is necessary. عَلَيْهِ upon him الْعَذَابِ Punishment, meaning they are only deserving of punishment. Why are they deserving of punishment? Because of their refusal to prostrate, to surrender to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what is it that prevents many people from prostrating to Allah? It's their pride. It's their arrogance. Allah says, وَمَنْ and whoever يُهِنِ اللَّهُ Allah humiliates. The person whom Allah humiliates, فَمَا لَهُ Then there is not for him مِنْ مُكْرِمْ Anyone who can honor. Mukrim, one who gives karam, one who gives ikram, meaning one who honors the other. So the one who has been humiliated by Allah, who can raise him to the level of honor? Who can bring him back to honor? No one can. إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَفْعَلُ مَا يَشَاءُ Indeed, Allah does whatsoever He pleases. And no one can question Him. So what do we see in this ayah? That everything in this universe prostrates to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a universal principle. Creation prostrates to the Creator. The mamluk, which is the creation, that which is owned, it surrenders to who? It shows humility before who? The Malik, the owner. And we as human beings have been given a choice that we either adopt this principle as well or we deny it. If we adopt it, if we adhere to it, we also surrender to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it is our success. And if we do not, then what is the result? Our loss, our humiliation, our disgrace in this dunya and in the akhirah. You see, sajda, the act of prostration, it is not an ordinary action. When we're performing salah, or when we're reading an ayah that requires from us to go into sujood, this is not just an action. It's not just about putting your head on the floor. What does it show? What does it represent? What does it exhibit? What does it prove? Submission and surrender to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It shows servitude to Allah. 
Because what are we confessing when we are prostrating? Allah's greatness and our smallness. Allah's authority and our obedience. This is what sajda represents. And this is why sajda is such an act which when a person is in, he is the closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because how do you attain nearness to Allah? Through humility and submission. Not through refusal and arrogance. When a person refuses to obey Allah and he is arrogant, then what happens? He is far removed from Allah. What happened to Iblis? Aba was takbara, right? He refused, he was arrogant, and what was he told? Ukhruj minha. Get out from here. فَإِنَّكَ rajim. You are rajim. You are expelled from Allah's mercy. So you see, what brings us closer to Allah is what? Obedience, surrender, submission. And what takes us far from Allah is pride, arrogance, refusal to obey. So, وَمَن يُهِنِ اللَّهُ فَمَا لَهُ مِن مُكْرِمٍ The one whom Allah humiliates, none can honor him. You find Allah through humility, not through pride. The Prophet ﷺ said, when the son of Adam recites the ayah containing the prostration, so for example, this ayah. On hearing this ayah, what should happen? On reading this ayah, what should happen? We should want to prostrate immediately, act immediately. So don't forget to do that after the class. So anyway, when the son of Adam recites the ayah containing the prostration, the shaitan withdraws, weeping, crying. And he says, woe to me. The son of Adam was commanded to prostrate and he prostrated. So Jannah is for him. I was commanded to prostrate and I refused. So I am doomed to hell. When the son of Adam prostrates, then what is for him? Jannah. And when a person refuses to prostrate, then what is for him? Hell. Because who are deserving of Allah's closeness? Those who are humble and submissive. And those who are arrogant, they are far removed from Allah. So clearly there are two groups of people. Those who are submissive, and those who are arrogant. And from the beginning of the surah, this is a theme that we have been seeing. That there are those who argue about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without any proof. About Allah's oneness. About His right to be worshipped. About Allah's promises of resurrection, of the hereafter. There are those who argue about it, and there are those who believe and surrender. Two completely different groups. Allah says, Hadani, these two, Khasmani are two groups, Ikhtasamu, who have disputed fi Rabbihim concerning their Lord. These are two adversaries who have disputed about their Lord. Hadani, this is the Tasniya form of Hadha. Hadha is singular, Hadani is dual. So Hadani, these two are Khasman. Khasman is a dual of Khasm. And khasm, kha, sad, meem, is used for a person who disputes. Remember khasim, khasim, someone who disputes, someone who argues. So khasman, two disputants. Now generally when there is a dispute, one person is defending himself and the other is blaming him. Right? So for example, in a typical court case, what do we have? A plaintiff or a prosecutor and a Defendant. So one person is accusing and the other is defending himself. So khasman, two groups, two adversaries, two groups of people or two individuals at the opposite ends of the spectrum. Completely opposite. So who are these two groups? What is the dispute about? 
It is fi rabbihim concerning their Lord. The difference is over the matter of tawheed. Over this matter, which is about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One group is of those who believe in Him, who surrender to Him, who do sajda to Him, and the other group is of who? Those who do not, those who argue without ilm, those who are arrogant, those who refuse to obey. So completely two different ways. What are the results? Allah says, فَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا As for those people who disbelieve. قُطِّعَتْ لَهُمْ It has been already cut for them. قُطِّعَتْ From قَاف قَاعِينَ قَطْر قَطْر is to cut. And قُطِّعَتْ It has been already cut. It has been already cut out. لَهُمْ For them. What has been cut out for them? سِيَابٌ Clothes. مِنَّارٍ Of fire. The clothes of fire are already cut for them. Meaning they are already prepared for them. You know, one is that you go to a store and you buy clothes which are already stitched. And the other is that you go and buy fabric and then you have that tailored. You have that stitched. You have that made. For who? For yourself. So it has been cut. The material has been cut for who? For you. Meaning it's going to fit you perfectly. What you buy from the store, it's possible that it's a little loose, it's a little too big, it's a little too short. It's quite possible. But what has been cut for you, what does it mean? It has been prepared exclusively for you. And it has been prepared in such a way that it will fit you perfectly. قُطِّعَتْ لَهُمْ سِيَابٌ مِنْ Their clothes of fire are already made, tailored to their size. يُصَبُّ It will be poured. مِنْ فَوْقِ رُؤُوسِهِمْ From above their heads. الحميم, burning hot water. This is the consequence of what? Being arrogant before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Refusing to surrender to Allah. While living on this earth, a person thinks he's doing the best thing ever. He's enjoying his life. He rules. He decides what he wants to do. But the fact is that whether a person surrenders to Allah or not, he is still Allah's servant. We have come from Allah and we are going back to Him. So denying the reality is not going to change the reality. It's only going to make it harder. It's only going to make it more difficult. So those who live in this denial, what is the consequence for them? Their clothes of fire are already prepared. And when they go there, يُصَبُّ مِنْ فَوْقِ رُؤُوسِهِمُ الْحَمِيمُ Ru'us is a plural of ra's head. From above their heads, hot, boiling water will be poured on them. Now first of all, clothing of fire. What does that mean? The closest thing to their body will be what? Fire. Because the clothes that you wear, what are they? The closest thing to you. Clothes are on your body. They cover you. So what will cover them in hell? It is fire. What is the closest thing to them? Fire. What is it that will constantly be on them? Fire. What is it that they will never be separated from? Fire. And what is it that will be poured from top? Boiling hot water. Fire and hot water. And if ever you've had a burn or something on your skin, imagine a burn on your skin. What do you want? Cold water. And hot water, even if a drop of it falls, then what does that do to the burn? What does that do? Worsens it. 
It stings even more. It hurts even more. You know, many times it happens that if the skin gets burned, what do you want? You just want to keep it in cold water. You want to pour cold water over it or you want to dip your finger in cold water. And the moment you take it out of there, what happens? It burns. It stings. It hurts. Now imagine over that hot water is poured. You subwomen فَوْقِرُ أُوسِهِمْ From above the head so that no part of the body is left. Because what comes when water falls on the head, then what happens? It reaches every part of the body. يُسْخَرُ بِهِ And how hot is this water? يُسْخَرُ بِهِ By which it will be melted. يُسْخَرُ صَادْهَرَ صِهْر Sahara is basically to liquefy something by heating it. To liquefy something, how? By heating it. And when it's liquefied, then what happens? You can fuse different things together. You can join them together. And then you can leave it to cool. So two things, you heated them up so that they fuse together and now they are one. This is why sihr, sihr is also used for those relations which are through marriage. Because two people were separate. But then what happened? The tie, the bond of marriage, it joined them together. It made them one. Two strangers now became one. Two families now became one. Now there is a relationship between them. This is sihr. So yusharu bihi, it will be melted because of this hot water. What will be melted? Mafi butunihim, that which is in their stomachs. Meaning the heat is so intense that it will not just affect the head and the face and the neck, but the heat will penetrate down to the stomach. So much so that the stomach will melt. It will be fused. Waljulud and also the skins. Meaning the skins will be burnt also. Walahum and on top of that, for them are maqamir. Maqamir, plural of miqma'. And what is miqma'? A taming instrument. A mace. Have you ever seen a picture of a mace? What is it? It's a stick with a ball at the end and that ball has spikes on it. This is what a miqma' is. A taming instrument. وَلَهُمْ مَقَامِرْ For them are maqamir maces which are min hadid, which are made from iron by which they will be struck. This is the description of hell. But these maces are not just in hell. They are even before hell, in the grave. In a hadith we learn that the Prophet ﷺ said that when a person is laid in the grave, then what happens? Angels come in order to question him. Each person will be questioned in his grave. You and I will be questioned in our graves. No one is spared. And amongst people is one who will be questioned. Who is your Lord? Who is your Prophet? What was your religion? And he will say, I don't know, I don't know. Don't ask me. I used to say something, but I really don't know. I used to say what people would say. I have no idea what you're asking about. So basically he will fail the test. And what will happen then? A caller will call from the heaven. He has lied. So spread a bed for him from hell. Clothe him from hell. And open for him a door into hell. Then some of its heat and wind will come to him and his grave will become tight so that his ribs will be pressed together. And one who is blind and dumb will be placed in charge of him, having a sledgehammer such that if a mountain were struck with it, it would become dust. 
So there is punishment in the grave. And part of that punishment is what? Maces. Maqami' min hadid. In a hadith we learn, which is in As-Silsilatul Sahihah, that a person will be lashed, he will be struck a hundred times. And then the hundredth lash, when he will be lashed, he will ask the angel, why are you torturing me? Why are you doing this to me? And the angel will reply, you performed a prayer without wudu. You knew that you did not have wudu, and you still performed the prayer. And you passed by a person who was being oppressed, but you did not help. You did not aid. وَلَهُمْ مَقَامِعُ مِنْ حَدِيدٍ We think when it comes to the punishment of the grave and the punishment of hellfire, it is for people like Fir'aun and people like Abu Jahl and people like Abu Lahab, staunch disbelievers, hardcore disbelievers, and that is where they will remain. But all of these ahadith and these verses, what do they tell us? That when a person is arrogant before Allah, refuses to surrender, refuses to obey, then what is he signing up for? Punishment. When a person is not true to himself, when a person is not true to Allah, when he's lying with his actions, there is no wudu, but he's pretending that he has wudu, and he prays like that. There is a person who's being oppressed, who needs help, and he doesn't respond. What is he signing up for? Severe punishment. وَلَهُمْ مَقَامِعُ مِنْ حَدِيدٍ This is why, right at the beginning we learned, يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسِ اتَّقُوا رَبَّكُمْ Fear your Lord. Do you realize whose servants you are? Do you realize who you're going back to? كُلَّمَا أَرَادُوا Every time they will intend أَن يَخْرُجُوا مِنْهَا That they get out of it مِنْ غَمِّنْ Out of pain, out of anguish, out of grief. Such pain, such grief that will fill them. Making the pain even more unbearable. Because you see when you're hurt, what do you want? You want to get away. This is why we have this system in our body that as soon as we're hurt, Instantly we move away. So for example, if your hand is getting burnt, as soon as you feel that burning sensation, as soon as you feel pain, what do you want to do? Before you know it, you move your hand away. This is part of the system that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made in us. So in hellfire also, كُلَّمَا أَرَادُوا أَن يَخْرُجُوا مِنْهَا مِنْ غَمٍ أُعِيدُوا فِيهَا They will be returned in it. There is no escape. وَذُوقُوا عَذَابَ الْحَرِيقِ And taste the punishment of the burning fire. We learn, يُرِيدُونَ أَن يَخْرُجُوا مِنَ النَّارِ They will try. They will want to get out of the fire. وَمَا هُمْ بِخَارِجِينَ مِنْهَا And they will not be able to get out of there at all. وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ مُقِيمٌ And for them is an everlasting punishment. This is the consequence of one group. What about the other group? Those who believe, those who surrender, those who obey, those who humble themselves before Allah, whose pride doesn't prevent them. Their ego doesn't come in the way of obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inna Allah, indeed Allah, yudakhilu alladhina amanu. He will admit those who believe, wa'amilu salihat, and who do righteous deeds. He will admit them where? Into jannatin tajri min tahtiha al-anhar. Into gardens underneath which rivers flow. On the one hand is fire, boiling hot water. And on the other hand, in jannah, it's the exact opposite, rivers. يُحَلَّوْنَ فِيهَا They will be adorned therein مِنْ أَسَاوِرَ مِنْ ذَهَبْ From bracelets of gold. Asawir is a plural of siwar. Bracelets of gold. وَلُؤْلُؤَ And also pearls. وَلِبَاسُهُمْ And their clothes. فِيهَا In it will be of harir. Of fine silk. Of silk basically. Harir. This is a general term referring to 
silk. Now when it comes to clothing of silk, when it comes to jewels, jewelry, bracelets of gold and pearls, when it comes to rivers and gardens, what does that show? Total luxury and comfort. Comfort on the body, luxury, as well as comfort in what a person is looking at, in the whole atmosphere, comfort, luxury. So two groups, two adversaries, and two completely different results. One gets total torture and pain, and the other gets total comfort and luxury. But it is for who? It is for those who surrender to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In a hadith we learned, the Prophet ﷺ said to men, do not wear fine silk or gold. Do not do that. For whoever wears it in this world will not wear it in the hereafter. This is for who? For men. Do not wear silk or gold. Because whoever does it here will not get it there. And this also requires what? Obedience and surrender to Allah. Submission to Allah. Surrender to Him so that you will be free later. And if we don't surrender to Him now, we'll be locked up forever. وَهُدُوا إِلَى الطَّيِّبِ مِنَ الْقَوْلِ وَهُدُوا And they had been guided. How come they ended up in Jannah? Allah says, Hudu, they were guided. إِلَى الطَّيِّبِ The good مِنَ الْقَوْلِ of speech. Meaning they were guided to good speech. They were guided in worldly life to say that which is good. What is good? Good words, it refers to kalimatu tayyib. The good word, the good statement, which is the declaration of tawheed. La ilaha illallah. There is no God worthy of worship but Allah. So they were guided to saying this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them the ability, the understanding, the confidence to say these words. That yes, I worship only Allah. Yes, only He is my Lord. He is my Lord. And sometimes this is the most difficult thing to say. It's the most difficult statement to utter. You know, for instance, you could be in a group of people who completely deny any kind of belief in God. And if you say to them, yes, I believe in God, they look at you as if you are insane. As if you are absolutely ignorant. Have you ever come across people like that? Or when you say that you're Muslim, you believe in Allah, or that you're wearing the hijab, or any act of submission that you're doing for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what does it mean? That you are totally ignorant, and you're treated as if you are nothing. So, وَهُدُوا إِلَى الطَّيِّبِ مِنَ الْقَوْلِ They were not scared. They were confident. They were guided to say these most perfect, true and correct and good words. وَهُدُوا And they were guided إِلَى صِرَاطِ الْحَمِيدِ To the path of the praiseworthy. What is that path? The path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And who is He? Al-Hamid. The one and only who is always deserving of praise. And He is only deserving of praise. Meaning he doesn't deserve criticism ever, ever. He only deserves praise forever and for always. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guided them to say the good words. And he guided them to the right path also. Meaning after saying good words, they didn't just, you know, leave it. No, they remained firm. They did not stop after saying the kalima. They lived life according to the kalima. They preferred Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over all else. So what do we learn in this ayah? 
that there's two things necessary. First of all, say that which is true. Declare it. Shahada. And then after that, live it. Don't just say it, but prove it with your actions. And when a person is able to do this, then it is only because of Allah's favor on him. Because look at the words, hudu, they were guided. Not they guided themselves. They were guided. Who guided them? Who guided them? Allah guided them. So if a person believes in la ilaha illallah, a person is living by it, then whose favor is it? Only Allah's favor. In Surah Zumur ayah 74, we learned that the people of Jannah, when they will enter Jannah, they will say, Alhamdulillahilladhi sadaqana wa'da wa awrathana al-arda natabawwa'u min al-jannati haythu nasha' fani'ma ajrul amilin. They will praise Allah. This is Allah's favor. All thanks and all praise to Allah. This is not our own accomplishment. This is Allah's favor on us that we had the ability to do this. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. أَلَمْ تَرَ أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَسْجُدُ لَهُ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَالشَّمْسُ وَالْقَمَرُ وَالشَّمْسُ وَالْقَمَرُ وَالنُّجُومُ وَالْجِبَالُ وَالشَّجَرُ وَالدَّوَابُ وَكَثِيرٌ مِنَ النَّاسِ وَكَثِيرٌ حَقَّ عَلَيْهِ الْعَذَابِ وَمَنْ يُهِنِ اللَّهُ فَمَا لَهُ مِنْ مُكْرِمٍ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَفْعَلُ مَا يَشَاءُ هَذَانِ خَصْمَانِ اخْتَصَمُوا فِي رَبِّهِمْ فَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا قُطِّعَتْ لَهُمْ ثِيَابٌ مِّن نَارٍ يُصَبُّ مِن فَوْقِ رُؤُوسِهِمُ الْحَمِيمُ يُصْهَرُ بِهِ مَا فِي بُطُونِهِمْ وَالْجُلُودِ وَلَهُمْ مَقَامِعُ مِنْ حَدِيدٍ كلما أرادوا أن يخرجوا منها من غم أعيدوا فيها أعيدوا فيها وذوقوا عذاب الحريق إن الله يدخل الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات جنات جنات تجري من تحتها الأنهار يحلون فيها يحلون فيها من أساور من ذهب ولؤلؤا وَلِبَاسُهُمْ فِيهَا حَرِيرٌ وَهُدُوا إِلَى الطَّيِّبِ مِنَ الْقَوْلِ وَهُدُوا إِلَى صِرَاطِ الْحَمِيدِ السلام علیکم ریسنٹلی ا فرینڈ آف مائن آس می ٹو ٹیچ قرآن ٹو ا پرسن ہو از ریورٹڈ ریسنٹلی اینڈ آئی ٹاک ٹو ہر آن دا فون And she said she wanted to read with, in person. And I, I live in Mississauga and she lives in Brampton. So I asked one of my friends if she would teach her. And mashallah, she started learning with my friend. And my friend asked her, 
uh, what brought you to Islam. So she said that she used to travel on the bus every day and there was an old man who used to be reciting the Quran and she loved to listen to him. She says she's very spiritual and she enjoyed listening to him and one day there was a young person sitting behind this, this old man and he said, old man, if you don't stop reading, I'm going to hit you. So the old man, like he would recite every day and every day he would tell, oh people, come to Quran, come to Allah. So he said, no matter what you do to me, I'm not going to stop reciting, I'm not going to stop calling people. So when this old person got off the bus, this youth followed him and this girl also had to get off at the stop. And she said that this youth hit the old man and the old man fell to the ground and the Quran fell from his hand. And this youth, he grabbed the Quran and threw it. And as he threw it, she said that he was pushed to the ground with such force. And then the old man got up and said, see, didn't I tell you that this book is protected? The angels are protecting this book. And she said that incident made her believe that, you know, this is the truth. And then she went to the nearest mosque and took her shahada. But see, the confidence of that man that he kept reciting, even when there was so much hostility. We don't even dare to open up the Qur'an. Forget about reading it. We don't even have the confidence to read it in front of Muslims. On a bus, at a public place, in front of everybody. Hudu ila tayyibi bin al-qawl. Wa hudu ila sirat al-hamid. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects such people. He guides them. He saves them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us all amongst them. Subhanakallah wa bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta. نستغفرك ونتوب إليك السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته